It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. It's 11 minutes after 8. Thank you so much for tuning into the Forum at 8. So from time to time, we do uh, what we call telling our stories on the Forum at 8. And this morning, we're going to tell the story of Solomon Masangu. Remember the words, my blood will nourish the tree that will bear the fruits of freedom. Tell my people that I love them and that they must continue the fight. Those uh, were the words uh, attributed to, to Solomon Matangu as his last words uh, before he was hanged. Now, South Africans now are eagerly awaiting a debut of a biopic that's based on struggle stalwart Solomon Matangu's life. The film, uh, named Kalushi, is hailed as an important South African story, and it's taken nearly nine years to complete. Solomon Kalushi Matangu was wrongfully accused of murder and terrorism in 1977. He was executed by hanging in 1979. And this morning, uh, the film director, Mandla Dube, joins us to tell us the story. And he's also accompanied by Tabo Rametsi, who uh, is the actor playing the role of Solomon Masangu in the film Kalushi. Gentlemen, Mandla and Tabo, thanks so much for speaking to us this morning. Oh, thanks for having uh, us. Hello, it's hello. Like to <laughs> Good morning. How are you? Great, thanks. It's good to know that you actually listen to the show. But, you know, Solomon Masangu, and my first encounter with this and and, and really uh, becoming interested in who Solomon Masangu is, uh, was after a visit to uh, Tanzania to Mazimbu and uh, Mm. the college there that was named after him. It's now been taken over uh, by uh, the University of um, uh, Tanzania, I think, uh, there agricultural branch is now run from that space. But that was my first interaction with him. And I can just tell you that, you know, stepping off the bus at the entrance there to the university, um, you have this painting, this mural of Solomon Matangu and those famous last words painted on it. And it, it was just such a surreal, you know, feeling. Even though I didn't know the man, didn't know much about him, there was just something special about that moment and knowing that there was this young man named Solomon Kalushi Masangu. So subsequently tried to get information about him, but it proved to be seriously, seriously difficult, apart Mm. from the obvious uh, where you were uh, told about, you know, what he was convicted for and what he died for, the hanging. Apart from that, there was really very little about Solomon Matlangu, and which is why I think this is fantastic, because we actually can get to know the person after nine years of blood, sweat, and tears. And, and, and why then, Mandla, why did you persevere um, for all this time in order to tell the story? What is so important about the Solomon Masangu story? Uh, good morning. Thank you so much, uh, Sakina, for having us on your show. Uh, it is really a, a great pleasure and an honor to talk to you, but also want to thank the Rapid Lion Film Festival folks for selecting us to be the uh, opening film, uh, Galat film, at the uh, at their premiere on Saturday. Um, you know, I made a promise to to the family of Solomon Masangu, uh, Masa Masangu, his mother, may she rest in peace, and to his brother, his brothers, uh, Ruben um, and Chief Lucas Masangu, and to the sister who also has passed away, Kelly that I will do my utmost best to see this uh, this story to, uh, made into the big screen. 
Uh, initially, what one did is we did a bit of a stage play to see if the, there's an appetite for this kind of content. And sure enough, it was uh, uh, done with the South African State Theatre uh, with the artistic director there, Aubrey Sakabi. And we did a great job. A lot of people came to see it. It was supported highly. And, but we couldn't run it for long because we just ran out of budget. Uh, and then when one realized that, listen, people really do want to know these kind of stories, they want to know who their icons are and all of that, and I, that's when I embarked and say, let me get this done and put it onto the, the screen. And I, initially I was going to do it with the SABC One uh, as a four-part drama series, and then that fizzled away when I realized that this guy deserves to be on a big screen, he deserves to be seen globally, and, and he's a global figure. You know, you read in the research that I came across, uh, you hear in France, in Germany, in Japan, in the U.S., President Carter and all those guys in South America. Obviously in Cuba, they call for, the, for, for clemency, asking uh, the then president or the prime minister of South Africa, John Foster, to not execute him. But he didn't listen. He went ahead and he did it on the day, April 6th, which is uh, Jan van Riebeck Day. April 6th is the day that Jan van Riebeck landed in the Cape with three ships. Uh, uh, and, you know, subsequent to that, we know what happened. South Africa never became the same. So, it, and, it, and uh, you know, you ask yourself, why would they execute him on such a day? It was also just to show the strength of saying that, look, we are in power here, and to send a message to the liberation movement. But, you know, Solomon Matlangu said at the end that my brother knows that we have a better fruits of freedom, tell my people I love them, and that they must continue the fight. Because he knew, you know, you know, fate is something that you can't run away from. And he knew this is destiny. And similarly, I found myself in his shoes, having to, you know, honor him uh, uh, using the, the, the big screen of the pulpit to preach his, uh, his words. Thank you. So who was uh, Solomon Masanga? I mean, you were fortunate in that there were still family members. Uh, his mom passed on in 2014. So I assume you've had opportunity to interact with her as well. What do they yeah. tell you? Who was Kalushi? Uh, he was an unassuming young man who wanted to be a teacher. You know, he was a hawker in the street, in the, in the trains between uh, the line of uh, Manelodi to uh, Pretoria B Station. And on weekends, he would go away to uh, Van Petersburg selling on the trains. Unassuming, very humble young man, very quiet, loved jazz, uh, you know, and uh, was a... Uh, was, but then again, again, his mom didn't really know him to great detail because she was always at work, and then he stayed in the back room with his brother. The person that really knew him a great uh, lot was his brother, um, his sibling, Lucas Masangu. And even, even he was now, he, he worked for the, for, the, for the state as a prison warder. So there are some parts that one had to get from friends of Solomon. Uh, obviously the family, and then some of it we used the court transcripts, and they were classified. We couldn't even get access to the court transcripts because, remember, his case went to the TRC and all of that. So we had to go to the South African National Archives to draw a lot of, uh, of, uh, of the transcripts, and we needed the family's permission to do that. So, you know, the research in finding out who he is, um, we've done our utmost best to encapsulate him into these two hours, or should I say an hour and a half, uh, into the into the picture. It's based on the true story of Solomon Makangu. This is not by a long shot the true, you know, 
bit by bit story of Solomon Matangu. This is what he did. He got up and he used this kind of toothpaste, he used this kind of toothbrush and all that. It's a, it's a, we, we are pretty much just saying this is who Solomon Matangu is. This is what he stood for and this is what happened to him. And, uh, you, know, was, and you know, the audience will judge to say whether we did a good job or a bad job. But after nine years, I think we, we've done a, quite a tremendous uh, effort. And it's interesting what you say about, you know, um, his mom not spending a lot of time with him and how people didn't actually, uh, it wasn't as though, you know, there was uh, someone who always knew where he was at all times because Mm. he was part of that 76 brigade after the 1976 riots. And Mm. when he went into exile, as I understand, the family wasn't even aware of the fact that he had left the country. What was your finding there, Mandla? Well, you see, the mom didn't see him a lot because she was a domestic worker in Waterloo, right? So she was always at work and she'd come back late. And I remember Lucas telling me that, you know, sometimes we'd complain to our mom that, Ma, you know more about those. Uh, they, she works for a Dutch family. You know more about those Dutch kids than you do about us, you know. And uh, there's a scene in the film where it's, so long, it, it's Lucas's birthday, right? And, 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 you know, Solomon doesn't forget, he brings him uh, a gift, gives him this gift, but then we had to, we, because of time, we, we had to tell the story and get forward, we had to uh, edit out a portion of that scene where the mom forgets that it's Lucas' birthday. <laughs> they look at each other, oh, oh, because yeah, I've forgotten and this is my It's that kind of, a, 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 you know, uh, environment that a lot of people grew up in, that it was sometimes, oh, yeah, it's your birthday, happy birthday, ish. You know what, okay, what has been cooked today for, okay, tomorrow I've got to, you know, the, the mother just goes on because it's so hectic. You're living in a, you're living, you know, living, living for instance, uh, and, and uh, I've heard a lot that, you know, townships were, were labor camps, you know. So people were just always concentrating, okay, how am I going to, what time am I going to get, i got to get the, the first train to get out at 4 or 5 in the morning. When they come back, they are so dog tired, they don't even have time for their kids. You know, I think it's pretty much still happening, you know. We are living under economic apartheid now. We're no longer living under the political one. It's economic apartheid. And you're seeing that's still happening. The remnants of that are still there. So the struggle is still continuing. And then, of course, um, he does then get on, um, he goes into exile after the 76 uprisings. As we say, his family weren't even aware, according to them, they thought he was somewhere, you know, on a train somewhere selling his wares, hawking as he always did. And they only get to know about this upon return. In fact, one of the guys went into exile with him. Yeah, in the news. Yeah, yes, yes, sorry, I didn't answer your question fully there. Yeah, yes. he wrote a note for his brother. He said, good Lucas, good Lucas, good Lucas, don't bother looking for me. You know, I'm, I'm, I've left. And then his brother just sort of, just, he kept the note under his pillow. You know, he dismissed it like, oh, Solomon is gone again and all of that, you know. Because he wasn't really active uh, so much in, in politics, you know. He, wasn't, he was recruited by Thomas Masuku. Uh, into getting into, into into the liberation movement because if the, the ANC or PAC or B or especially ANC or PAC they were not really that strong uh, internally but they were making uh, 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 efforts to be able to recruit uh, young folks into into the movement and then when June 16 happened they had an avalanche of of, of, of people to recruit from but they didn't even know what to do that really it's a whole sea of an army. But now they had to now say, okay, now what do we do? This is very serious, and these guys don't want to hear 
uh, you know, uh, words like, you know, we are writing, we are trying to protest and uh, uh, um, uh, peacefully and so forth. These are 19, 20-year-old kids who, who want liberation and revolution right here and now. So when they left, uh, they, he went to Shai Shai in Mozambique with uh, Richard Chauke, Thomas Masuku, uh, and obviously Solomon. I can't remember who the other person was. Then they stayed in Shai Shai for six months. And then while they were in Shai Shai, they got frustrated. But listen, we came out to exile, to come and land, we want arms, we're going to go back and, and, and fight this, 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 this monster called apartheid. And then they couldn't get it. You know, it didn't happen that fast. And they, and they are young. They're getting impatient. So they wrote a, a series of letters to, um, to the ANC in Maputo to get them out of there. And then they, and the, the, the ANC sent a, a leader. And at the time, the person that they sent was uh, our current president, Jacob Zuma. So Jacob Zuma went to, to, to Shai Shai, and uh, they took Solomon and the rest of the guys that were there, like, uh, uh, what's, I know him as my paper, papers. He's ambassador, I think, now in uh, in uh, in, uh, in Zimbabwe. Took him to took took him to, to to Angola for training, and they got a crash course. They got a crash course of something like four weeks, which is hardly enough to come back and fight such a big monster, right? But again, they were guerrillas, so they got a crash course, uh, and they were using weapons that were not really up to scratch, and they were using scorpions, you know, which jammed sometimes as you were shooting. And these are young guys, you know, they're very eager, they're gung-ho, they want to see this happen tomorrow. And then they got sent back. And the person that took them from, uh, well, also, should have interfaced them from, say, Angola into South Africa was Piwe Nyanda, who I interviewed at great length to, to get started with history. And obviously, Lucky Masangu, who got away, uh, alias name is Lucky Masangu, George Mazibuko, interviewed him, he gave, he gave a great deal of depth into it, and, uh, and also George Molebati. So then they came to Swaziland from Angola after getting a, a, a month's training, and then they had to stay in a hotel until they get given. See, what, what happens is there's these things called dead letter boxes, DLB, right, that were used in the MK. You didn't know who you are going to meet next for your mission. So they would just give you a little note and say, go under that tree over there, and you'll find a very colorful ribbon, and uh, under that tree is your next instruction of where to do go next, right? Because nobody ever knew. It was, it, it, the cells were comprised of three people, and those three people reported to a commander. That commander himself was part of a ring of three, and the, the, the head of that particular commander reported to the National High Command that was made up of Joe Slovo, uh, Moses Mabida, Joe Mudise, and so forth, right? And obviously those guys got messages to the guys in, at Roman Island, like Nelson Mandela and so forth. So it was very complicated. It was, a, it was an army you know, that operated uh, clandestine, obviously. So they come back, and then they, they are told in Swaziland, go and sabotage the... It's, this is on, this is a, on, the, on, the, on the, uh, the, uh, the anniversary of June 16, 1976. So now it's in 77, they've come back, and now they enter South Africa through Swaziland, and they are told, Go to Tembisa and, you know, just disrupt the police station there. Do not go to Soweto, okay? Do not go to Soweto. Those were the instructions. But these are young folks. They're eager to try and show themselves. They want to be heroes and all of that. What do they do? They don't listen to their commander's uh, uh, instructions. They don't go to Tembisa. This is now the true story. In the motion picture, we've got it different because we had to tell a story. We had to make it exciting and all of that. 
So they what do they do? They go to they, they go they go to Nigel where where, where Lucky comes from or where Jeff Mazzucco comes from with Mondi. Leave the, and then obviously when they gave them these uh, these uh, weapons and so forth, they came in the uh, in, in sort of facade. We made it look like it was groceries. They were like like nitrogen, milk for babies, uh, twin saver, Gary player. Uh, inside of those, we're hidden um, uh, pen grenades and so forth. So it made a lot. They were carrying groceries and they were carrying bags to go to school. So they left that stuff in Nigel and then said, okay, let's, you know what, before we do this Kendisa thing, let's go and check out what's going on. Let's give our people hope. Let's go to Soweto, man. They, and, it, and, and it was going to be a dragnet. You know, as Piro Nyanda says, it was, was going to be a dragnet. There's no way we would take ourselves right to the back door of the of the apartheid uh, regime's army because mm. it would be suicide. It was a, you know it's a suicide, and uh, obviously they got there and then on their way to Soweto, they had the taxi rank in uh, in Diagonal Street. Something happened. The policeman came, knocked on their window and said, uh, "Guys, why aren't you at school? Where are you heading? You got bags there." And said, "No, no, no. So it's okay. We just on our route on our way to some somewhere." And then the guy is, is suspicious. He opens the window, the guys panic, they are young, started running away, and then hand grenade fell out, an AK-47 fell out. The policeman had never seen that. Young black kids in the middle of Johannesburg CBD with guns, he ran away. Nobody knows whatever happened to him. And then obviously the guys ran uh, west of Diagonal, and then they went through the underpass on Bree, and then they hit uh, Gough Street. And Gough Street uh, is the same street that John Foster Square is at. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big, the biggest jail in Africa. Uh, notorious in Africa. John Foster Square. The, the notorious John Foster Square. And 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 adjacent to that was the John Oz, John Oz uh, Department Stores Warehouse. John Oz, I think now is called Stutterford. So they ran into that, and then on their route there, uh, Solomon got shot on his foot. And obviously was struggling, started bleeding, and then Mondi started shooting back at the guys that uh, that uh, that uh, that, uh, that were shooting at them because word was already out. There are young black kids in the middle of Johannesburg who have guns, and then you know it's, it's unheard of to have black people even know how to operate a gun. What you know, and especially let alone their teenagers. We must uh, do something. Now I just said to you, they are, this was adjacent to John Foster Square, right? So they literally ran into the lion's den. And, you know, Solomon gets into John Foster, and then Mondi follows into there looking for Solomon. And there were these mechanics having tea there. And uh, uh, Solomon was able to go and hide in the back uh, of the warehouse, at a bottle, bottle warehouse. He went through John Oz's, uh, 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 state, uh, what do you call it now? Uh, he went through the John Oz's uh, warehouse. Uh, and, and jumped the wall to the back and got on a tire and then hid in the back, in the back there. Mondi was looking for him, came in there and then found these people drinking tea. And he said, have you seen him? Have you seen him? And they're like, who, who are you talking about? And he says, have you seen Solomon? Where is Solomon? And they're like, they're trying to dismiss him like they always do. When you know, or not even to say that they always do. They, well, you'll see the picture. They try to dismiss him. And he, he says, no, I want, I want my comrade, and he starts shooting at them because he thinks they've done something to Solomon, because he sees, also he sees blood trails of Solomon running to, 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 to the warehouse. So that's what makes him think that something they've, they've taken Solomon has done, something has, done, has been done to him. And obviously, in that, these two people get shot, Mr. Wilson Bale and Mr. Kessner, and they die. And 
by then the police were already on their way there. Mondi gets beaten up into a pulp because, as I told you earlier on, these guns that were given were given to these guys were jammed. So his scorpion jammed, and then they were on top of him beating him down. They beat him into a pulp to where he really couldn't even say anything. Apparently, the, the, he the, his last words, Sol, uh, Mondi, that is, were Solomon, Solomon, like a you know, like a record that has got a scratch on it. You know, he just kept saying Solomon, Solomon, up until he died. He just said Solomon, Solomon, Solomon. Solomon hears this shooting that Mondi has, has done, comes back. The, the, that's his weakness. That was Solomon's weakness, you know. He was this loving guy who was a shepherd who would never let his comrade go down without a fight. So he comes back to come and check out Mondi. What has happened? What has happened? As he does that, the police are already on the scene. They apprehend them, take them to John Foster, literally walk them to John Foster. And uh, when they realize, uh, when John Foster's uh, government realized that they can't put Mondi on trial, they came up, they, not they came up, it was already there, which is what Nelson Mandela and them were charged on, was the doctrine of common purpose. And that's the bigger reason that we've made this film, is to see how we can repeal that statute called com- common purpose. Okay. Which was also, yeah, Amanda? common purpose has to be called back. Let's park it there for the time being. That's a good place to take a pause. So you catch your breath. Uh, We're going to go to a news break. And when we come back, we continue telling the story. Um, uh, Tabo Rameti, who plays uh, Solomon Matlangu Kalushi, is here with us. And we'll continue with this. And also take your calls and read some of your messages. It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. And it's one of those mornings on AM Live where we are telling our stories. This morning, we're talking about Solomon Kalushi Masangu. And not much known about him. Um, it was very difficult to get any information beyond the fact uh, that he was uh, convicted and hanged and also his uh, supposed last words, And uh, which is one of the things that I want to find out uh, from Mandla, uh, Mandla Dube, who's the director. Tabo Rameti has joined us in studio. Tabo, thanks for coming through, by the oh, way. Thanks for having me and shout out to everybody who's in Kempton Park stuck in that lake I was with you I'm out there you can make it too did you swim or did you know you what I'm an boat? excellent swimmer I just had to carry my car like in one hand <laughs> while I did it I'm so impressive uh, yeah the things Kalushi will make you do eh <laughs> but you know let's just con- uh, um, uh, conclude uh, the part where we were uh, telling the story mm. up until uh, you know we get to the movie where you come in fast Tabo so Mandla we stopped at the point where he's now at uh, John Foster captured so what happens then this is now 1977 um, he's captured on June I think it was June 13th 14th and then what what transpires after that is uh, is obviously they they take him to the magistrate's court and all of that and they realize that the Monday cannot stand trial and they bring in uh, an inspector who's going to try and put the case together and then, and then they realize, listen, Monday can't stand trial, but these guys were together, right? So if they were together... But he can't stand trial because they had beaten him up so severely that he... It, does, it doesn't matter. Uh, back then, back then, remember, there was this 90-day detention thing, mm. right? Which means they would hold you for 90 days, beat you up, uh, torture you until they get their version of the truth out of you, right? Mm. Because the truth has, the truth has three, three versions. The truth, your truth, my truth, and the real truth. So then in what, what, what happened there is that they said we, that we're going to fabricate and come up with our truth that's going to make sure that at this stage we are able to charge one of them, right? 
And I think it was an election year at the time as well, and John Foster was not very popular anymore. And uh, there was that information gate scandal happening with him and all that. So what transpires is that uh, they come up, they say, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to have to use the common purpose law, doctrine, to be able to, to convict him. And, uh, and he was together with Mondi, he was together with Larky, and he's together with Nelson Mandela, Joe Slover, and the rest of them. Because they all have a common purpose to come and uh, attack white people in South Africa, that common purpose is going to make it stake for us to be able to say Solomon Masangu also had a common purpose with Mondi in pulling that trigger. Then, hence, we will charge him with murder, attempted murder, and, uh, and, uh, and the rest of it. There were a lot of charges. And then, obviously, you know, he, there was no way he was going to get out of it. But there was still a loophole for him in the sense that he wasn't of age to be to be to be to be uh, hanged or anything like that. They could have got him to, to go for life, and and they wanted the, the highest and uh, maximum punishment that they could. And uh, uh, Priscilla Jana, who was the, the the attorney along with uh, Advocate Ishmael Ayob, gave us a lot of insight in as far as what uh, the legal side of it uh, entailed. And obviously, I mean, there's just no way in the world. I mean, do we going against an uphill? Uh, and what transpired is that uh, they, 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 they found him guilty, and then they had to wait for him to come of age, to be 21 or t- to be 22, mm-hmm. so that they could hang him. And they, they chose to hang him on April 6, uh, 1979. As I said, that was the unfunded day. Mm-hmm. And um, then, of course, uh, just a quick question before I get to Tabo. So uh, those uh, famous uh, last words. Oh, yes. And... Um, mm-hmm. The question is, of course, who captured that? Who did he speak <laughs> them to? I know, right? Yeah, well, you see, a lot, a lot of folks say, well, he said it to me, he said it to me. And I said, okay, fine, you know what? We'll have him say it in the film, you'll see it. But uh, Priscilla Jana, uh, who was uh, very at the side of the family up until the last moment, you know, she, I think, was the last person, she is actually mm. the last person to see Solomon before he was executed. And uh, they, she asked him, she said, you know, what is the thing that you'd like to, for people to remember you with and the last thing that uh, you'd like to say? And, uh, and then Solomon looked at her and said, uh, my blood will nourish the tree that will bear the fruits of freedom. Tell my people that I love them and they must continue the fight. I look to continue. Now, Lem Rasekate, who was, uh, who was Solomon's uh, commander in Swaziland, right? Uh, tells us that that's what they used to tell to tell the the cadres before coming into the country, because you never know these these missions where you you could go and it just it was a fifty fifty chance. Spin the opinion, it's about thing. It's been about thing. Uh, how how do they say that? It's been the opinion. It has been the abulala. It was that kind of thing. You know what? I might make it. I might not make it. And it was a volunteer army, so you, you, it was chances that you were taking. You could die. You could die. And mm. then Solomon is one of those kids who was brave enough to say, you know, I will die for my country so that there is a better South Africa, a non-racial South Africa, a country where people can love each other and be able to, flow, to flourish and contribute to, to, to a better society. And then, uh, Tabo, you get to play Kalushi in uh, this uh, biopic. How does it feel? I mean, how did you even get to that point? 
Wow, how does it feel? So let me get to how do I get to this point first and foremost. Uh, I went through a rigorous auditioning period and uh, with all due respect to Bramandla, he didn't even want me originally for the part. He wanted a really good South African actor, more established name. But then uh, because he was so open-minded, he's like, let's see other people. And I was one of the people who saw. And I auditioned for like, I think a month or two. I just kept, and I was reading for other characters. And in that period, I was still being told that the role wasn't for me, it was for the other guy. But could I come in and read? And I wasn't really doing anything. I was an actor unemployed and I eventually got the role uh, thanks to some some pushing and uh, I think I pulled my soul into it and thank you Bramadla for picking me for this role how does it feel um, we have to understand something quite critical at this point that it's very rare that a South African is allowed or even given the opportunity to play a South African lead in a story that's a shocking revelation I mean they could have easily gotten Michael B. Jordan or any one of these incredible American actors to play this role but for the first time I had this mantelpiece this this ability to play and tell our story from our perspective with our hearts with our souls and so I, hopefully I took it with, with everything I could but I also realized with every scene the responsibility to be great because the moment I did one thing wrong it would validate every time they've used an Idris Alba or Morgan Freeman to tell our stories it would vindicate them saying that we're not good enough to tell our stories so that was the biggest responsibility I think I felt here was that I had to be better than them literally I, I realized that that they, I couldn't be as good because then they could just get them I had to be better than them I don't know if I succeeded but uh, I know that I did succeed in, 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 in telling this young man's story because I really felt like he also chose me to tell the story for him and um how did you get into character, though? Seeing that there was mm. so little known mm. about Kalushi, how did you get into character for this? I have to give complete credit to my fantastic producer and director, Mandla Dube. He took us not only to uh, Solomon's original birthplace, but also where he went to initiation. Like the the research process was like unlike any other I've ever experienced with a, with a piece of art like this. I met pretty much almost all his living family members. I, I got to, to really dive into this young man's life. The moment I, I went to certain places and saw what he experienced, like before these, before he became the struggle icon, when he was just a child, I saw that place. I went there. And it just sort of drinks, like your, your skin drinks that in and your mind drinks that in. And when you see how he spoke, and slowly but surely I felt myself becoming this young man. And I remember his, uh, one of his uncles, uh, it was me and the incredible Tabo Malema, we were there. I looked nothing like Solomon Maslango, by the way. Um, so I was there, and I had a beard and scruffy hair. Um, and as I was there, the uncle said to me, like, who's playing Solomon Maslango? And he points at Tabo Malema, my co-star, who plays Muni Mklong, and says, is he playing? And they're like, nope, it's this guy. Like, nope, he doesn't look like Solomon. He can't play Solomon. He can't. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that, that also was kind of a sort of thing because I realized like wait people actually know this guy like they and they're still alive so when I play him I have a big responsibility to them as well so I did as much asking from them as possible but also Chief Lucas who's Solomon Matlangu's brother was the chief advisor throughout the entire form so literally I could just turn to the side and ask him something that being said though uh, apparently Solomon was a very quiet young man and didn't emote very much. Now, for film reasons, that's very difficult to play that, you know. Mm. And and I needed people to invest into this young man so that when he when he gets hung, that you feel something. And so I had to make some critical decisions in, in making him a bit more emotive than he was. But I did take one key note that his brother said to me. He said the last time he saw him, he was smiling and happy. And this is when he was about to be executed. And I play the scene exactly that way. That was one of the things I think I stuck true to. And people might find it strange, especially in the circumstances mm. that that scene is in, that I'm smiling the whole time. But that's literally what Solomon did. So it was a lot of, of feeding from a lot of great people. 
Well, and uh, so much more to tell now that we know. I'm so excited this morning that, you know, I know more about Solomon Matangu. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to uh, Mandla Dube and this labor of love, nine years in the making. And I kid you not, if you tried when I first went to Tanzania, to Solomon Matangu College, there was virtually nothing. On Solomon Masangu. And today we have a story to tell. And this is what it's about. Telling our own stories. So let's hear from you. 891 Uh You can also SMS us on 34701. I have a few here. Uh, tweets or Facebook messages. AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And people are asking for your Twitter handles. So for Tabo, who plays uh, Solomon Masangu, it's at Tabo Rametsi. And uh, Mandla Dube. Um, so, 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 uh, which... Well, uh, you could probably ask Mandla that, but he he also has the at go see Kalushi. But Mandla, do you wanna do you wanna drop in there? How do people? Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I've been spending all these time nine years trying to make the film and the social media <laughs> component of it. I have a Facebook page and all of that. Yeah. But I think more important right now is it's about go see Kalushi. Kalushi. Go see. Shre, Shre, Shre was saying to us, no, 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 don't have it just go see Kalushi. Just have it Kalushi. I think so too. These things, these things change, you know. Mm. Where people will, 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 will be able to inform you what it is that they want, uh, how they want it to train. So. Let it be. Don't try to, to impose what it should be. Which are, let it come organically out of the process. So Absolutely. I'm still on my way to SABC to come and get some instructions. Oh, so you're still coming through. through. Oh, great stuff. Uh, We're waiting for you. Nice. But, but, but here's a good question, and I, I really do think it's a good question if I can just find it. Uh, and whilst I look for it, I still remember what the listener was asking. They were asking... Mm. So with all of this rich research mm. that you know, you've managed to gather... Uh, would you be interested in uh, making a documentary? Because, you know, it's a different storytelling mm-hmm. process. Well, that, that, that's a question for me, I assume. Mm. Yes. Uh, listen, we've got it. What we did is that this, is, this whole thing was, good, was to be a trilogy, correct? Yeah. And the trilogy was the Rivonia Trial, uh, Solomon Masandu, and the Silverton Siege Trio. And we, the trilogy was known as the Legends of Freedom. These Legends of Freedom are the people that have contributed for us to be here today and to have a, a, a new democracy or a democracy. Now, uh, after that whole, during that process, I interviewed a lot of people, you know, shot them on, on, on video and all that stuff. So there's a lot of material, I would say archives, that can put together a documentary. But at this stage, really to tell you the truth, what's important is this motion picture that we've done to put it out in the screen. Maybe, maybe, maybe when we, in five years' time, We'll do like, I don't know, a deluxe release DVD mm. or something like mm. that, you know, uh, and then we can do the documentary. Uh, but at this stage, right now, we're really pushing hard because uh, uh, motion pictures in South Africa, uh, um, especially of this caliber, are very, 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 very expensive to make. And, and I would love to see where we don't have to rely on government institutions mm. uh, to, to be able to assist us, where we have South African investors who can be able to invest in the motion picture because it's property once you put your money into it mm. it's like buying a piece of property in i don't know westcliff or wherever it is that you're buying waterloo or wherever yeah you're, you're picking them property. nicely yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. you, you you exactly baby <laughs> but at, at the end of the day you've got a piece of property and and let me tell you this uh, sakina Thousand to ten thousand years from now, there will be no Ganga, there will be no Otakluv, there will be no, uh, I don't know, these mansions. But you know what will be there? Stories. 
stories will be there because stories inform us of where we come from and where we're going. And I think the more we start realizing that it's important to be able to invest in our heritage, to invest in our culture, uh, because the culture informs who you are, your value systems and so forth, we'll realize we'll have a better society. You know, Nelson Mandela wouldn't be who he is if he, if he had not invested time into the value systems that he was taught as a closer young boy. And you've got Nelson Mandela today because Otata, who grew, who, 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 who taught him what it is to be a man, molded him into becoming who he, who he later become. Similarly, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, El Hajmanik Shabazz, and so forth, you know. Mm. And my father, I spoke, I would talk about my father. My father was, uh, uh, may he rest in peace, a very a great man, a mm. loving person. And if he didn't go through what he was, what his, my grandfather taught him, he would not become who he is, you know. So, so your father had a name? Go. I beg your pardon, ma'am? Your father had a name? I'm sorry, uh, yes. Uh, he's saying Manda Walter Dube Senior. Yeah, he, he was an entrepreneur that uh, obviously went on to become uh, uh, one of the most successful uh, entrepreneurs back then in the apartheid era, mind you. He's the guy that, uh, you you know, black like me, the headquarters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the man who invested. You know, as an investor, he understood that, listen, this is this is visionary. I want to put money and make sure that black like me happens to success. Ask him and he's telling Oh. Wow. Tell you what, time is the enemy right now. Let's get to it. 891 Um Tommy Etegwini, good morning. Um, I've got a question for a director. Hmm. Uh, Chief, um, I, I didn't get the part about the, the two people who died. The, my signal was very bad. Um, how did they die? Did someone kill them? Can even answer that. Um, okay, uh, let's just clarify that because, um, uh, Tommy, thanks for that. Uh, Tabo says he'll clarify it. Uh, Tabo? Hey, Tommy. Okay, so I can, I can help clarify with that. So just to clarify the story, um, they, they arrived in Joburg when they were supposed to go to Timbisa because they were decided they're going to go to Soweto because that's where the celebration for the June 16 uprising was occurring. It was against their mission. Their mission was to go to Timbisa and go sabotage the Timbisa police station. On their way there, um, they get discovered by a policeman because they're carrying arms and weapons. And so a fight ensues where Mondi Mtlaung starts shooting up the whole place. And this happens at, um, uh, by in, in Newtown, what's now Newtown. It happens there and he shoots the place up and they run into the factories to go hide. As that happens, Solomon goes and he's been shot in the leg. He goes ahead. And whilst Mondi is looking for Solomon, he, he walks into a warehouse, um, uh, John Oz, and he sees these, these, these white men sitting there and he wants to know where Solomon is. And they don't answer him. Because he can see the blood trail that's led to there. And as they don't answer him, he, he ends up shooting these two white men. Uh, well, he shoots at four of them and he shots two white men. And the other two, his gun jams and the other two come and they, and they, and they hit him with, um, with instruments quite badly to Mondi and they overpower Mondi. So Solomon did no killing whatsoever. He didn't pull a single trigger at any time during the ensue. So, uh, Mondi did searching for Solomon and that's mm-hmm. that's the crux of it okay let's just move it along because uh, time is against us Sig says uh, we we must honor all of the youngsters who left South Africa mm-hmm. for training as freedom fighters but we should question the heroism of killers of innocent people mm-hmm. that's Sig in Randburg uh, let's take uh, Castro in Davidton good morning Castro good morning good morning Katina good morning to your guests good morning uh, Katina I'm I'm really emotional uh, as I'm listening to the to the, the procedure of this, this movie. You know, I we have worked uh, the, we we have followed the footsteps of Solomon Masang, but we are fortunate that we have never faced a penalty at our end. Mm. 
we managed to, to succeed. Today we are enjoying the fruits of democracy. Even if there are, there are those uh, hiccups there and there, the stumbling blocks from the opposition parties and everything. But what is very, what is, what, what, what is, what is taking my, 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 my anger, or rather my frustration is that we still find these uh, few, few, few leaders of our, of our movement who just want to abuse their powers because they think that because of they were appointed or they were privileged to be in the power, they are therefore a holy cause or they have more powers than others and therefore abuse their their powers. It's very it's very touching, you know, to know that the Solomon Matango did not enjoy this freedom. Some of our comrades, uh, you know, when you talk about the, that 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 cell of Solomon Matango, you remind me of my friend, Pratabo. Uh, 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 I mean, uh, Mr. Tube. You remind me of my friend that kept the fire painting because. In us we saw in us we saw Solomon Matango, Mundimoto and then and, and Lachi Matango. Mm. Simply because of we wanted to achieve the democracy and we feel very painful when we see uh, these stories that are being uh, uh, told but they are I mean they are being filmed and led by the Americans and mm. everything. So with those words I, I like to say congratulations. I hope uh, you support it. I I saw with that. Yeah. You must Sarah go out and see it, Castro, and mobilize others to go and see it as yeah. well. Definitely, I will, I will definitely do that, uh, Sakina, and I will definitely encourage them not to, 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 to pirate it, please. please okay. Thank you. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much, thank Castro, in uh, Daviton. And speaking about the song, and, 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 and many people, you know, would know the song uh, mm. about Solomon. And um, uh, Solomon, Eeyore, and people don't even know who they're singing about. Mm. And uh, good to know that people are saying now, like um, Ramroasi, who says, next time I'm in a meeting and we sing Solomon, I understand. Right. Thanks to this and Tata Mandla uh, and the crew. Now you understand who you're singing about. Mm. Rob Byrne was talking about people being stuck on Solomon Matangu Drive right. in the traffic. So hopefully people stuck in that traffic now know who the Solomon Matangu is um, that the street is named after. Let's take Tabang in Standerton. Tabang, good morning. Uh, good morning, Sagina. Uh, speaking about Solomon Matangu, I... And the song especially, particularly that say Solomon, you, the ones that the ANC are singing about. I wonder why are they elevating this guy to to a hero, as like your guest is, 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 is describing that he was arrested while uh, hiding at John Oz uh, in Johannesburg. And the person who killed, who actually killed the Boas, it was Mutlu, uh, not Solomon. Solomon so never killed anyone. Uh, but well, I do recommend him, or I do like, for instance, respect him for the resilience that he showed uh, towards the end while he was about to be to be hanged, and those words that he attacked. Okay. But Solomon was not a hero. But Solomon was not a hero at mm. all, because he was arrested with a fully loaded AK-47. Mm. Being a trained soldier, he never even shot a single. He never even shot a single bullet back to the enemy while he was being arrested. Thank you. Thank you, Tabang. Uh, uh, Tabang? Oh, I love that you, you said this comment. This is a brilliant thing because when I got the script, I, I, I even told Mandla, I felt like Mondi Motlaung is the hero of the story and he pushed the story forward. And the reason I took the role on is because I wanted to see the journey through the, 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 stand, the, the standby guy, you know, the guy who was mm. there witnessing, the everyday guy. And what, what's important about this is that nowhere have we tried to make Solomon the hero of the story. And you'll see when you watch the movie, he's not the hero. He's this young man who sort of gets 
the way we've told it is very differently from uh, maybe how it went, went. We see this young man who gets sucked into the struggle. Instead of telling the story of Solomon Matlangu as a hero, we've decided to tell the story of an everyday young South African male in that time and what an honest person would have gone through through those emotions. And the symbolism of it all uh, shouldn't be lost on us at this point uh, because, again, he could have ratted out. Mm. He could have told, uh, you know, where his comrades were, what had gone down, what they were planning. Didn't. But that's my view. Tamika Plaiki, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are you, my friend? Well, thanks. And you? Excellent. If I, if I had a pristine position to lavish awards, I would allow lavish an award, a lifetime achievement to these guys who are doing this documentary. There are billion stories that needs to be told. Mm. There are zillion stories mm. that needs to be unearthed. The life of our people is yet to be told. Mm. Let me give you a small example, Sakina. There's a story of a guy from Pretoria. His name is Msebe The police discovered that he's part of the underground movement in the 1960s. On the eve of his wedding, the police wanted to pounce on him. He got wind that he was going to be arrested. Then he left, he left the country. Then the bride had to stand alone, oh. and his brother had to take his place, and the wedding had to continue. The other day, I had a very exhilarating experience of meeting with Priscilla Jana, hmm. who was the attorney responsible for the defense of Solomon Matango. She took me to a litany of experiences, of hmm. the encounters, of the humility, of the bravery of a young man who was about to go to the gallows without any equivocation. So hmm. I want to commend these hmm. guys. Guys, go on. More and more stories needs to be told. Stories of my crackers, stories of these people. Absolutely. Stories of our kings and queens. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Tamika Plaiki. And of course, we don't have any more time. We're hopelessly out of time. Just a quick one, um, Amanda. When is the movie being released? Okay, it's premiering this weekend at the Rapid Lion. And then on June 16, we've got a, 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 a limited release mm-hmm. and then full-blown release. In, in September. I just want to say, every single one of us is a hero. Mm. You know, we are all heroes to the young men who called in. But it was very heroic for Solomon to say, you know what, go ahead, take my life, hang me, but the ones that are going to come after me will make us a better South Africa. I think you are living in a better South Africa, sir, because Solomon Matang was executed. Okay. So, and he gave his blood for that. And then what blood are you giving? Tell you what. What we'll do tomorrow morning, we'll give you more details of the release. Uh, I'll put that out during the show. So that's a good reason to tune in again tomorrow morning because we're going to have to leave it there for today. Thanks to Mandla Dube, to Tabo Rametsi. Uh, we were talking about Solomon Matlangu. And as always, thanks to you for making the show what it is.